0: this psalm and the scripture says save me O God by thy name and judge me by thy strength hear my prayer O God give ear to the words of my mouth for strangers are risen up against me and oppressors seek after my soul They have not set God before them. Selah. Behold, God is mine helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. He shall reward evil unto mine enemies. Cut them off in thy truth. I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. For he hath delivered me out of all trouble. And mine eye hath seen his desire upon mine enemies. May the Lord bless the word of God to us for Jesus' sake. This morning I want us to think particularly on the words of verse 4. Behold, God is mine helper. And by the grace of God, we'll think on that and find encouragement for our souls. I particularly am gearing this, if you'll say it that way, as a word for Mother's Day. But may the Lord allow all to hear what he has to say from the word. Before we go any further, let's just ask him to bless us and to meet with us for Jesus' sake. Our Father and our God, now we would pray that thou wouldst take the word of God and allow the Spirit to apply it to our hearts. Oh, Lord, minister to us that we would find ourselves trusting in looking more and more to the hand of our God from whence comes our help. Lord, may we find ourselves this day able to see ourselves for what we are, the weak and the undependable, that which is not to be trusted in, that which is not to be looked to. But Lord, may we find that our faith is founded. Yes, indeed, it is founded upon the rock Christ Jesus and we shall not be moved for his sake. Lord, I pray now that thou was blessed this time, guided with the Spirit of God, allow all words to be directed. Lord, may the message of the word grip through to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' precious name and for his sake. Amen. As we begin this morning, I want to stress that the setting of the Psalm is all important for our consideration. The reason is that it is so easily related to our lives. In fact, I would say most easily related to the life of a mother in particular. David is the psalmist. The exact moment of his writing psalm is unclear. But the point that is important is that he relays his sense of overwhelming enemies that have risen against him. There is the setting. David is a host of enemies, a host of oppositions, a host of difficulties that have risen against him. The force of his words is that there are so many of them that he doesn't know what to do or where to turn next. Ah, now there's sometimes something that we will face in our own hearts. Isn't that true of mothers? Sometimes there seems to be so many difficulties. You don't know which way to turn. He, meaning David, is overwhelmed. With not only the number of the enemies. But the fact that they never seem to be less today than there were yesterday. It is an unending, unchanging flood, it seems. You would think that some of them. Some of these difficulties, some of this opposition, some of these oppressors would go away or be put to death with a sword. But there always seems to be another to stand in the place of the first one. And so the thought is, at least the setting is, there does not seem to be a way to gain a victory. In fact, perhaps the conclusion was by David that he was going to ultimately fall under the pressure of these I want you to keep this in mind as we consider this psalm. David was not alone in his hiding. He cared for nearly 600 men and their families. They were always before him. Their needs never left him. Oh, again, perhaps this sounds like motherhood. The troubles are always there they never seem to go away they are always new the next the next morning even though there may be one to solve the day before it always seems that there's another rises to take its place. And the conclusion that David had here at least it seems was that the whole of life was going to come unraveled at some point nothing can hold it together. But then at the end of verse 3 is the word Sila, which means stop and consider. What's to consider, though? You may think, what's to consider? The consideration is I'm falling down, everything is against me, and I don't have enough strength to withstand all of this. But suddenly, and I stress this thought. There was something that was a breathtaking surprise. Which turned everything into a joyful relief. David says behold. God is mine helper. There is a help for me. Now you may ask. Why do you say this is a surprise? Why is that the thing that we would want to make a point out of at this juncture? Well the word behold. Behold. That starts our text suggests this that here is the sudden answer looked for. This word of the word behold here in this setting is an exclamation, an exclamation of joy. In fact, this verse says, He, meaning David, saw his enemies everywhere, and now to his joy as he looks upon the band of his defenders. He sees one whose aid is better than all the help of men. He is overwhelmed with joy at recognizing his divine champion and cries, Behold. In other words, David is looking at all the things that were against him. But in this pause, in this moment of reflection and consideration, it's as if he looks abroad And he sees his champion and there's a shout for joy. Behold, God is mine helper. Here's the point. Many may be the responsibilities and many more may be the opposing difficulties. But in a moment of consideration of God's truth and mercy, God appears as our ready help. There's the point. And I say, here's a great lesson as well. If our consideration, when we have our pause, if our consideration is our distress, we will become overwhelmed. Mark it down. If in your reflecting, if in your consideration, if in your moments of thinking about your situation, you consider only the distress, you will be overwhelmed. The word sila is a particular uh, point that is used in the Psalms to call for those who are reading for a consideration never of self. Again, I stress this. When you read that word sila, it is never a word that calls for you to consider yourself and the circumstances of life. It is always a call to you to consider your God. The person of your Savior. And if you begin to consider rightly, you may suddenly see, suddenly see, that there is a help that is greater than your distress, and you can rest in joy. So, my subject this morning, my proposition to you is simply this that we are to be those that are not to consider distress, but rather consider the Lord. Now, I've got just a couple things I want to speak with you about on this subject and the subject of the Lord's help I think we can see from this portion and from our subject that first the help of God proves greater than all the distresses that is the point of the surprised exclamation of joy if you will And I say the point that brings the great joy is that it doesn't matter how many things there are that are working against us, the enemies, or the things that weigh our hearts. And it doesn't matter how strong and how crafty they are. Our helper is greater than they. And his relief sets the matters to rest. You say, well, that's a good thought. Well, let's get down to the practical. How can I hold up? You don't know my situation. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the things I'm having to wrestle with. You don't know the things that are wrestling against me. There's too much And too little strength. There's too much demanded. And too little to give. My statement to you this morning is this. Whenever you find yourself... In a moment like that, stop and rest, or if you will, I will say this, have a sila moment. Somebody has a very nice name. There was a great message to it. <laughs> oh, may the Lord help us. We are those when we are in the midst of trouble that need to have what I am calling, and I'm not trying to coin a phrase, a sila moment. What are you going to find in those moments? As you start considering yourself, but considering your God, as you stop looking at the troubles and you start thinking about the one who is your champion, what are you going to see? Well, first I'll tell you this. The first thing that the Lord is going to impress your heart on is certainly himself. The greatness of his person, the holiness of his character, the power of his arm, The love of his heart. You start thinking about the person of your God. That's the first thing that needs to be seen. But I also say this. I think when you start thinking about the Lord, as opposed to thinking about your circumstances, you're going to come to one very quick conclusion. That is this. All of this is going to pass. Huh? No, it's not. This trouble that I'm seeing, you don't know. My, your troubles may pass, but my troubles, they are here to stay. I'm going to have the same trouble this morning that I had yesterday and the day before. Uh, it's always going to be the same. It's going to be the same pressure. It's going to be the same problems. All of it's going to be just as it w- is now. Um, you say, nobody thinks that. Oh, we all tend to act that way. I think once you get your eyes upon the Lord and get your eyes upon his eternal purposes, you'll realize, you know what, this is going to pass. All that I'm facing now, this is going to pass. God's plan will not be undone. What the Lord has said will be the end for me will not be undone. Second thing I would point out is this. You'll, you'll soon see this. That the troubles are but light for the Lord. You know, you and I look at our troubles, they're way too much. I can't bear up. Oh, this is going to crush me. What we think is crushing to us is light for God. The Lord can bear things we are not able to. Certainly, the example of the Lord Jesus bearing our sins proves that. I would just have you think with me for just a moment just to illustrate what I'm saying. There are times when things are way too much for us. We don't have any power at all. And yet the Lord stands forward and proves himself very easily uh, handling the matter for us. I want you to consider with me that scene in Mark chapter 9. The Lord and the disciples come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. And they are met by the disciples. Who stress. That there is a situation that they have tried to to handle but they couldn't. They were not able to handle and that was that there was a demon. In fact the Lord lets us know that this demon was the foulest of the demons. Man cannot undertake to deal with this one. And the Lord Jesus comes down and faces the strongest of enemy and shows even in then his in that time his absolute power. And Jesus says in Mark nine and nineteen, and he answered them and said Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. Oh, what words those are. Bring him to me. You know, you may have something that is just way beyond you. You may have something that you say, I cannot deal with this. This is just way too much for me. I cannot battle this. I cannot stand up up in this. I cannot undertake to remedy the thing. What's to be done? Hear the words of Christ. Bring him to me. Bring him to me. Our Savior is greater than all things that stand against us. Again, you may be facing a trouble. And I say this to mothers particularly. Bring it to Jesus. And see how joyfully there can be an answer. Well, I know. I know. You may be looking at me and saying, well, I have brought it to Jesus, but there doesn't seem to be any help. My question to you would be, can that really be? What you just would say, I brought it to Jesus and there's no help. Can that really be? My answer to you is let the Lord help in his way. Did the Lord help all things when he was on this earth in the way that men expected him to help? Well, you say, well, no. Most of the time, he, he helped in a way that they didn't expect him to help. There's my point. You may be bringing things to the Lord Jesus, and you may be judging it as no help, but the Lord's going to help you, but he will help you in his way. Oh, may we understand that the help of our God proves greater than all of our distresses. There's not one that's greater than our God. There's not one that said, that he says, no, I can't, I can't deal with that one. That's just wait. No. Have a seal a moment. Have a moment where you reflect upon who your God is. Have a moment and reflect upon what He has promised you in His word. Have a moment and consider the things that I've just said. This is not something that is everlasting. The Lord's plan will not be thwarted, which is everlasting. Well my second point is this: the help of God proves more than might be expected. Not only is it greater than our distresses, but it's oftentimes when the Lord works, it's far more than what we ever would have expected. Again, it's not unlikely that what caused the expression of delightful surprise in our text is that the help that came was far more reaching than what was expected. And what David was thinking was going to happen at the Lord's helping him in the situation of his enemies was far greater than what he ever thought. But the issue is so great, we tell ourselves, it's so big. Psalm, or excuse me, Philippians chapter four, verse nineteen says, "But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus." I want you just to take that thought and lay it up against your thought that what the issue is that I'm facing. This is way too big. I can't solve it. Take that verse and lay it up against it. We say, well, wait a minute. Philippians four nineteen simply says that God's going to take care of our temporal needs. He's going to, when our money is running low, the Lord will supply it. When the when our uh, when our car gives out, the Lord will give us. You know, that's the kind of thing that that verse is talking about. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I think we forget when we take a verse like that that the Lord had already has already promised that He will supply those things. Those are things that He is going to take care of without having to make a statement such as that. You say, what are you saying? Mark 6, verse 31. This is what Christ says to those who would wonder about the temporal things. He says, take no thought. Wait a minute, what? Take? Yes, you don't have to take thought about that, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or where shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek or the unbelieving are all, all caught up with that. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. In other words, God knows that you have needs for your temporal uh, uh, life. And he will supply. So then, my God shall supply all your need through his riches in Christ. Jesus can actually be a step higher than that, if you will. And I suggest to you very very plainly that the needs that we face through our days are not so much temporal as they are mostly heart. And spiritual needs they are those that affect our view of God and the word. I need to have the grace of God that keeps my heart right about who my God is. I need to have my mind centered about who Jesus Christ is and that I would not doubt him or fall into unbelief. My greatest needs in this life are not that the Lord would help my bank roll, but rather I need faith. I need patience. I need conviction. How many other things? All these things change the whole of our day and our thinking. It's when the Lord adds His grace to our hearts, when He ministers to us of His grace, that changes our view, our God understands who we are. Things that changes our life. Just the Lord adding thousand dollars to my banking account that doesn't change my life. But having said that. I want you to also understand that it is not uncommon that the need supplied by God reaches far further than just our own hearts. I want you to think about that for just a moment with me. God gives grace to me to help my heart, but he seldom gives me grace that's meant only and solely just to meet the need of my heart alone. The grace and good from the hand of God is a, has a wide-spreading effect, almost like the, the imagery of a stone thrown into a pond that goes outward and outward and outward. Yes, there may be something that the Lord does particularly in me, but oftentimes the Lord works in me His grace for a, a reason that's far larger than just me. I think I've said this before, but I, and I emphasize it to you again this morning. Grace is not unilateral. Grace is not that which just only is given for me, just for me, but it also expands itself. It has a role in other things. Let me illustrate what I'm trying to say. When the Lord Jesus was born, there was a great need for the weary Mary. A woman about to bring forth a child, certainly in distresses, there was a need for her. She was about to give birth. Well, there was a provision for her. Though it was not what was expected. The Lord provided for her. You say, he provided? Really? That was the Lord's provision? Yes. Think with me for just a second. The scriptures tell us that there was no room in the inn. My question is this. Were those that were Filling the inn there just by chance. Did the ones that occupied the rooms in the inn, were they just there by chance? Did they arrive and it just happened to be that Joseph and Mary were just too late? Or is it possible that the taxes that were uh, required by Caesar Augustus, cause others to have to go to the very same place that Joseph and Mary were, and they also were there to do these things, and they filled up the rooms. In other words, I'm saying it this way, God filled the inn. It wasn't, oh, the mean innkeeper. No, God filled that inn. He did not mean for his son to be born in the inn. He meant for him to be born in the stable. But my point is also this the attending elements of the Lord's birth, all went to fulfill great need. You think, what what attended the Lord's birth? Well, the revelation to the shepherds. There was the angels. There was a star coming to the wise men later. And I say all these were the provisions. The scope of the need that was felt by Mary was greater than just herself. The Lord was doing a much bigger work, a much larger work, a much more eternal work than just supplying some place for a needy woman at that moment. And my point to you, though, is this. Mary saw all these things. She she learned, this is bigger than just me. And it says in Luke 2 and 19, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. In other words, Mary considered, or... Can we use our word? Can we use our name at this moment? Sela. Sela. The Lord is there. The Lord has His will and His purpose. The Lord has His mighty arm. Now, Sila. You think. you think. It may not be what you expect, and the way that the Lord uh, helps be for a wider effect than just the change of how you feel. And let me, just, let me put this out there to you. You know, sometimes we feel like if the Lord really was going to help me, how I feel about this situation would certainly change. And you know what? A change of feeling is often no help at all. Just having how you look at something and feel about something is no real help to you at all. Why? Because the heart is deceitful. Above all things, What you, how you feel in your heart right now, you won't feel that way in 10 minutes. You won't. So don't ask God, change my feelings. I need to have a whole other attitude about this. I need to have a... Why does the world go down this road? I don't know. I have to have a positive mental uh, uh, feeling about all of this, and that'll help me. No, it won't. You're, you will feel... Five minutes from now, you won't feel like you do right now. God doesn't, is not interested in changing your feelings. What he wants to do is change your heart. And that only happens when you consider him. The help that comes from the Lord brings the joy of the Lord. Some of you can quote these verses with me that I'm about to read to you. I'm confident because I know that you've been studying them. Chapter 12. What does it say there? That proves my point. This, behold. Ah, that same word. Behold. Look at this with me. Surprised. Joy is at my hand. Behold. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my, what's the next word? Somebody knows it. Song. He also has become my salvation. Now, what's the next conclusion, concluding thought? Therefore, with, what's the next word? Joy shall you draw waters out of the wells of salvation. There's the point. When your mind and your heart is set upon the person who is your salvation, you will find that you are drawing joy out of the wells of salvation. Mothers, do you need that? Where's the well? Who is the well? Selah. Stop, think, reflect, consider. Not yourself. Consider the well. Consider who it is that helps you. The Lord provides. And I can draw joy. Now there's an interesting thought. I can draw joy. Yes. I mean joy just doesn't spontaneously happen. (laughs) Seldom. If ever. Joy is something that comes that you draw. You draw by thinking. You draw by concluding. You draw by believing who the Lord your God is. Well, I have another thought, and that is the help of God comes when we may not understand it. You say, well, it comes and it's greater than our distresses. It comes and sometimes it is more than we expect. Yes, but here too, it comes even when we may not understand it. Let me just give you an illustration. When Lazarus died, neither Mary nor Martha understood why the Lord did not come. You say, how do you know that? Because they both came to him. Lord, if thou hadst been here... They both said the same, you know, my conclusion is that they were talking about this. Both of those sisters talked to each other. And if only the Lord had been here. Oh, I know. If only he had been here. Well, they both come and they say the same thing. And their their conclusion was if he had been here, there would have been help. That would have been the seemingly needed answer to the crisis. Well, the Lord did come. But they did not understand how he could help at that point. Isn't that evident? The conversation that Martha has with him. Lord, I know my brother shall rise in the, in the resurrection. So She doesn't understand what the Lord's there to do. Has no clue. And further, they didn't have any idea what would come about when the Lord worked for them. Let me say this to you. Perhaps the greatest cause why we become bitter... And complaining about our needs and circumstances. Is that we imagine that the Lord is not helping. We imagine that he's not doing what he's supposed to do. He's not working in the way that we imagine help should come. The Lord's not doing what I think he's supposed to do. And because we put ourselves up there as judge. The Lord becomes guilty and we become miserable. And we always tend to conclude that the answer to our need would always fall in line with everything that we think. I'm going to clue you into something else about yourself. Not only about your feelings, but about your thinking. We never stop thinking about what would make the answer better. <laughs> you say, what? What? Yes, you know, if the Lord did answer things just the way that you saw or determined that it should be done, it wouldn't be, again, five minutes before you're thinking, well, you know what? If it only been this bit more, it could have even been better. You will do that. So will I. Child of God, I'm here to let you know you don't know your needs. Oh, yes, I do. No, you don't. You don't know what your needs really are. You Feel and you discern in some ways what they are. But you don't know the full extent of them. We do not understand our hearts. Who can know it? The prophet says about our hearts. We cannot imagine an answer. That would meet all the outlying issues as well. There were other needs. For the Lord to meet. When he came to Bethany. There were needs for some people to be saved there were needs for others to realize who he was in his power even to raise the dead there were other needs other than just Mary's and Martha's they didn't know those they had no ideas they were completely unaware of them well my thought is this a Selah moment is needed you need a seal a moment. Consider the Lord Jesus. It's time to trust. It's time to trust the Lord. It's not time to try to. Paint the Lord into a corner. It's time for us to trust him. Because we don't understand so much. Then I've got one last thought. And I'm going to leave with this. The help from God must come for it reflects a covenant with another. God's help must come for it reflects a covenant with another. So I'm going to ask a question at this point. Why is it sure that the Lord will arise to our help and that right early? Let me ask it again. Why is it sure that the Lord will arise to our help and that right early? Well, I'm not going to make you guess. The answer is, Because he has given his word to the Lord Jesus to care for all those that are given to him. There's been a word that's been given to Christ. Your help is going to come from the Lord because he's given his word. John chapter 17, verse 23 and again in verse 26. He says, I in them and thou in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Now there's the point. God is, the Father is going to love those who are Christ as he loves Christ. Verse 26, I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it, that the love wherein thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. Again, there it is stated plainly. As God the Father loved Christ and cared for Christ in all his ways, so will that be care for us. The Lord will care for us in the same way. The preacher from years and years and years ago named William Hill Tucker. I don't know that much about Mr. Tucker, but he made a comment that was recorded In Spurgeon's comments. Spurgeon quotes him. I thought well. Must be this is good. It was good. And he. And I'm paraphrasing. He said. Christ was beset by enemies. You think about that. Christ was beset by enemies. But God was always his helper. You think about the words of Psalm 22. Be not far from me. Now, this is speaking of Christ, though these are the words of David. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They have gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. Verse 24, speaking of God. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. Cried, he heard. The testimony of Christ is this. I have many enemies, strong enemies. But God does not ever leave me to myself. What enemies did Christ have? Well, you say, it was the Pharisees. Well, they were the least of it. It was the Romans. No, they were even less than that. The enemies that Christ faced, the strong bulls of Bashan, was your sin. This was to be laid upon him. The Lord Jesus had troubles that you and I cannot begin to even imagine. Yet, in all of those things, the Father proved to be faithful and heard Christ at all times, in all ways, for all purposes. Child of God, John 17 says that's how the Father will help you. Mothers, you will be helped because Jesus was helped. And all those things, you say, well, these are way too much. No. Even the greatest of all problems that has ever entered into the scope of creation and time, which was sin, was not beyond the help of God. Your issues, those things that you face, is not beyond the help of God. Seela. She's hearing her name a lot this morning. You have a very good name. It's a pretty name, but it's a name that's full of meaning. May the Lord allow you to know the blessing of your own name in your own life. Christ was helped. But I don't see the help. I don't see it. Selah. Oh, I just don't know that I can... Selah. You say, why do you keep saying that? Because that's what you need to do. That is what you are needing to do to find the help that David found that caused him to say, Behold, God is my helper. An exclamation of joy. Consider your Savior. Well, may the Lord allow his word to speak to our hearts for Jesus' sake. Let's all pray. Our Father and our God, again, we're thankful for the word of God. We're thankful that it is just plain. That it tells us of yourself. It tells us who we are. It tells us that we find all that we need in you. Lord, help us to trust. Help us to draw water out of the wells of salvation that prove to be the joy of our hearts. As we consider, behold, God is my salvation. He's also my song. He is my strength. Lord, help us. Help us to be not faithless, but believing. May we trust you to do your work in your way, in your time, to the ends that most glorify thee and help the cause of Christ. Dismiss us now with thy blessing. Go with us as we go through this day. We pray again thy blessing upon the mothers of this congregation. We pray, O God, that thou wouldst allow them to know the joy of the Lord is their portion even this day. For we pray it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.